Back in June, Kamala Harris said the protesters should not let up. And then we witnessed three months of chaos, destruction, people's businesses and lives destroyed. And so far, 32 people are dead. And the bad news for Democrats is that support of these riots has backfired and boy, is it backfiring bad. A new poll out from the Trafalgar Group shows that Trump is leading in Wisconsin and Trump has actually been closing the gap in nationwide polls and in battleground state polls. The Democrats, of course, are taking notice and now acting like they've always opposed the violence. Governor Kate Brown of Oregon says, let me be clear, the violence must stop. But earlier, just about a month ago, she said we must defend these peaceful protesters. The Democrats in the media are desperate to maintain the narrative that everything happening is just peaceful. CNN going as far to say that fiery, but mostly peaceful protests are occurring. And we've seen it before. It's been nonstop. The New York Times said peaceful marches give way to burning buildings and looting. The reality is dangerous extremists are marching around our country with impunity. And the Democrats know that if they condemn it, they will lose half their voter base. Because right now, prominent members of the squad are still defending the violent extremists. But we got a story here from the New York Times, how chaos in Kenosha is already swaying some voters in Wisconsin. As residents see fires and looting, some worry that local Democratic leaders are failing to keep control of the situation. The New York Times confirming what the Democrats probably figured out only in the past few days. Guess what? People don't like riots. The crazy thing in this story, they say some people are just saying they won't vote. Some people are saying they really don't like Trump. But you know what? The Democrats have no strategy. And if you were to ask me, I believe that if we leave Democrats in charge of these cities or give Joe Biden the White House, the riding will only get worse. The Democratic Party is split in half. You've got traditional liberals, many of whom aren't paying attention, who believe these really are peaceful protests thanks to a, a media apparatus that is desperate to maintain Democratic support. And then you have the actual far leftists who will lie, cheat and steal to get whatever they want. Ayanna Presley, for instance, lying about what happened in Kenosha. And I can only imagine it's because she needs to maintain the narrative so that traditional liberals keep supporting the extremists. But what happens when it comes to your town? We've already heard the C-SPAN phone calls. One woman in, uh, in Minneapolis saying that the Democrats at, the, at their convention didn't mention any of the riots. And she lives here and she's scared. You know why the DNC didn't mention the riots but said peaceful protester? Because if you realized what was going on, if the traditional liberals actually started seeing what was happening in their cities, they would revolt. And we're seeing it happen now in Wisconsin. And a very, very interesting story from the New York Times. Let's jump right in and go through exactly what's going on. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give. I have a P.O. box if you'd like to send things. But the best thing you can do, share this video. I don't have a marketing department like CNN, like Fox News or MSNBC. I just have you. If you think I do a really good job, please consider sharing this video to help spread the word. And if you want to support me further, hit the like button, hit the notification bell and subscribe. The New York Times says, how chaos in Kenosha is already swaying some voters. John Garrity, a 41-year-old worker in a tractor factory, has barely paid attention to the presidential race or the conventions. Every day he focuses on survival, getting his son to sports practice, working at his job where he now wears a mask, and getting home to sleep only to start over again the next day. But when he woke up on Monday morning to images of his hometown, Kenosha, Wisconsin, in flames, he could not stop watching. The unrest in faraway places like Portland, Oregon, and Minneapolis had arrived at his doorstep. 
after a white police officer on Sunday shot a black man uh, uh, in the back multiple times. After feeling 100% on the fence about who he will vote for in November, he is increasingly nervous that Democratic state leaders seem unable to contain the spiraling crisis. Quote, it's crazy that it's now happening in my home city, he said. We have to have a serious conversation about what we are going to do about it. It doesn't seem like the powers that be want to do much. That's the Democrats. I feel bad for this man, but I've said over and over again, it will come to your home. If not now, then tomorrow, not tomorrow, in a week, in a month, in a year. If it's not stopped, these people will eventually be surrounding you, screaming in your face, demanding you salute like they did in D.C. And I've got the images. Oh, and we're going to talk about that, too. They demand you salute. They want to defund the police. Then who will stop them? No one. This man didn't think it would come to his neighborhood, but I've said over and over again, it will. It's just a matter of time. And this guy wasn't paying attention. I don't blame him. Regular family guy trying to help his kids. He wasn't watching the news. He was on the fence. Not anymore because they showed up to his doorstep. The politically calculated warnings of Presidential Trump, uh, I'm sorry, of President Trump and the Republican Party about chaos enveloping America should Democrats win in November are reverberating across among some people in Kenosha, a small city in the southeast corner of one of the most critical states in this election, where protests have raged for a number of increasingly combustible nights. While many demonstrators have been peaceful, others have set fire to buildings. At least four businesses downtown have been looted. Men armed with guns have shown up to confront protesters, leading to the shooting of three people, two of them fatally. On Wednesday, a white teenager from across the state line in Illinois, which I must add is only about 20 minutes from Kenosha, was arrested in connection to the shooting. And Mr. Trump vowed to send in federal law enforcement and additional National Guard troops. In Kenosha County, where the president won by fewer than 250 votes in 2016, those who already supported Mr. Trump said in interviews that the events of the past few days have simply reinforced their conviction that he is the man for the job. But some voters who are less sure of their choices said the chaos in their city and the inability of elected leaders to stop it were currently nudging them towards the Republicans. I said this a long time ago. Yes, the riots are bad and the Democrats should have called them out. But that's why I showed you early on what Kamala Harris said in June when she said they should not let up. Well, they didn't. Congratulations, Democrats. This is what you have have wrought. And now people are upset and they're waking up. They say some Democrats are nervous about condemning the looting because they said they understood the rage behind it, worried that what was happening in their town might backfire and aid the president's reelection prospects. Well, the New York Times just said that's literally what's happening. You're scared to condemn hordes of violent criminals and extremists attacking innocent people? This is insane to me. These regular people have done nothing to deserve this. The man who, who was nearly crying in front of his destroyed family business did nothing to anyone to deserve the destruction of his family's legacy. And the Democrats could have come out and defended him, but they chose not to. They say the situation in Kenosha remains extremely fluid. Many people in the city are enraged about the police shooting of a black man, Jacob Blake. The Democratic nominee for president, Joseph R. Biden Jr., spoke with his family and said, that injustice must and will be done. On Wednesday night, in response to the shooting, athletes from the NBA, WNBA, Major League Baseball, and Major League Soccer refused to play games. And following the arrest of the teenager in connection with the two shootings, it emerged that he displayed support for Mr. Trump on social media. Well, we do have a bit of a breaking update. The NBA is coming right back, I guess. They didn't last long. Sure, whatever. They say, Ellen Ferwerda, who owns an antique furniture store downtown, just blocks from the worst of the destruction that is now closed 
said that she was desperate for Mr. Trump to lose in November, but that she had huge concern the unrest in her town could help him win. She had that local Democratic leaders seemed hesitant to condemn the mayhem. I think they just don't know what to say. People are afraid to take a stance either way. But I do think it's strange they're all being so quiet. Our mayor has disappeared. It's like, where is he? They support this. Like I said, the Democratic Party is split in half. And they know that half the people like the riots and the extremism. So why would they condemn it? They're going to leave you, small business owner, to fend for yourself. On Tuesday afternoon, Miss Furwater was writing Black Lives Matter on her storefront red paint. On Wednesday, after the fatal shooting the night before, she said she was most worried about the people from out of town who are driving around with powerful guns claiming to keep the peace. She said she understood the looting and burning. I think the rage is justified. Anyone who was paying attention should know it was going to explode at some point. I wonder if she would agree when they come and destroy her building. No, she wrote Black Lives Matter on her window. That'll keep her safe. Mr. Garrity, a former Marine, said he was disturbed to see his town looking like a war zone, and he feared the Democrats in charge were letting people down big time. Politics for him had long been a sport he did not follow. In his late 20s, he voted for Barack Obama, the the first vote in his life. He did not vote in 2016, and he called the president's handling of the coronavirus laughable. You know, this guy sounds a lot like me. I mean, I follow the news, but yeah, I voted for Obama the first time, didn't vote second time, didn't vote in 2016, but all that's changing, particularly because of the riots. I went out and bought guns. Most of you know that by now. Mr. Garrity said he disliked how Mr. Trump talked, but said the Democratic Party's vision for governing seemed limited to attacking him and calling him a racist, a charge being leveled so constantly that it was having the effect of alienating instead of persuading people. And the idea that Democrats alone were morally pure on race annoyed him. It's a very important thing. To, to, uh, this, is, this is a very important statement for Trump supporters to understand. When I would say things like, I don't like the way Trump talks, or I think he needs to chill on tweeting, that's, I'm, I'm being honest. I think Trump has improved. He's really calmed down. He's much more presidential today, and he's, he's done a lot better. So I'm totally fine with voting for the guy now. But you can see other people, regular people in Wisconsin, they're saying they didn't like his attitude. Now, I don't think it matters all that much because the Democrats have no real strategy. Quote, the Democratic agenda to me right now is America is systematically racist and evil, and the only people who can fix it are Democrats. That's the vibe I get. It's funny because conservatives have been saying that's the Democrat strategy, and now you can see swing voters are saying it's exactly what it is. Mr. Garrity said he understood peaceful protesting but felt frustrated with Democratic leaders who seem afraid of confronting crowds when things turn violent. He was angry at the statement by Governor Tony Evers on Sunday, which in his view took sides against the police in a knee-jerk way that worsened the situation. On Tuesday, Mr. Evers, a Democrat, did condemn the looting and fires while reiterating protesters' right to assemble. I'm not 100% sure of anything yet, Mr. Garrity said, of November, but as of now, I'm really not happy about how Democrats are handling any of this. Mr. Biden on Wednesday denounced systemic racism and police brutality and also sharply condemned the destruction and violence unfolding in Kenosha. And good for him. No, seriously, I mean it. Anybody who's going to come out and say no to this, I respect. But I want to show you something. I have here from August 25th. This is the presidential ballot test for the Trafalgar group with Donald Trump leading in Wisconsin by just under one percentage point, 46.2 to 45.4. What's truly fascinating about this, it's not that Donald Trump is winning. He's within the margin of error. I mean, it is interesting that Trump is winning, but I'll tell you what's really fascinating. The gender breakdown, gender participation was 52.2% female. So maybe many of the women said no to Trump 
And every single man said yes to Trump. And so that's skewed in Trump's favor. Like I said, it's only around 46.2% in favor of Donald Trump. But I think the reality is many of these women are going to be voting for Trump. You see, Donald Trump recently said the suburban housewife would vote for him because they want law and order. I believe he's correct. I don't know if every suburban housewife or every person in the suburbs will, but at least we can see here from at least one poll. That may be the case with more females participating in this poll. Trump is leading Joe Biden. And again, we don't know how that really breaks down. Maybe every woman said Biden, but every guy, you know, I don't know. Well, that that wouldn't necessarily make sense. But most of the guys probably, you know, said Trump. We also have Joe Jorgensen undecided in another party in the single digits. But we can see how the Democrats are playing this. First, Ayanna Presley said a 17 year old white supremacist domestic terrorist drove across state lines armed with an AR, armed with an AR-15. He shot and killed two people who had assembled to affirm the value, dignity and worth of black lives. Fix your damn headlines. That's a lie. It's a desperate lie because they know they are losing. They do. And they're panicking about it. Donald Trump has has railed law and order, law and order. But you heard it from these people interviewed by The New York Times. Now, sure, it's a couple people. It's anecdotal. But the poll also shows this swing in favor of Donald Trump. I'm telling you, man, I said a couple years ago, I'd never vote for the guy. But the riots have gotten so far so out of hand. And the Democrats have defended them over and over again. I've had enough. Like I mentioned, here's a tweet from Steve Guest. Steve Guest says, as violent rioting continues across Democrat controlled cities, Kamala Harris comments from June are striking. Protesters should not let up. Does Harris believe the rioting and rampant vandalism in Kenosha should let up? Now, Steve works for the GOP. I, I think his, uh, his official title says GOP rapid response director. So of course, he's framing things, you know, in his GOP way. But is he wrong? I don't think Kamala Harris is going to come out and cheer for, you know, for vandalism directly. But in June, we saw mass looting across this country, and she sided with those who were supporting, protecting or engaging in that destruction. Why? Well, the media has been covering for them, saying peaceful protests are over and over again. That allowed them to defend the movement and use it, even though regular people were suffering and their towns were being burned. Senator Mike Gianaris. He's a Democrat. He's a I believe he's a Queens born and bred. I believe he's a New York state senator. Uh, Deputy majority leader says when Trump glorifies one, we inevitably inevitably get the other. If you don't see how uplifting McCloskey's emboldens people like Kyle Rittenhouse, then you're not paying attention. Sure, it does. But this is a Democrat who's making a very important point for all of you right now. And for all of you in Wisconsin, we see an image of the McCloskey's armed. We see Kyle Rittenhouse armed. And he's saying those who would try to defend their property or defend the innocent are the bad guys. That's what they've all been saying. Julian Castro, quote, an individual was involved in the use of firearms to resolve a conflict is a strange way of explaining that someone murdered two protesters. Julian Castro says that the violent extremists who are burning down Kenosha, where these people live, we just heard from, they're just protesters. Ayanna Presley said they were just there to affirm the dignity of black lives then why did they bash a 70 year old man over the back of the head? Why were they chasing this kid down? And according to the New York Times, why did they shoot first? Well, the Democrats are lying. And this is what scares me the most. They will call you the bad guy if you defend yourself. I saw this cartoon from Bill Bramel. It is the United States on fire. And there's a portly little Donald Trump saying, and there you have it, Biden's America with a gas can next to him. I found this particularly funny because 
These people who make these comics and work in the Beltway, many of these politicos doing the polls, they're not actually talking to people in Wisconsin. Yes, Biden's America. That's correct. You see, the people who are running these towns where all the rioting is happening are Democrats. And Donald Trump is warning you, if you elect Biden, there will be no one at the federal level to stop this. When Governor Evers finally relented in Wisconsin, Donald Trump was able to send in federal law enforcement and bolster the National Guard. That's not Trump's fault. That Trump's, that's Trump's solution. It was the fault of the governor re- rejecting federal aid of Mayor Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, not even that far away from Kenosha. It's all Chicagoland area for the most part. She also rejected federal assistance, saying, I don't need leadership lessons for Trump from Trump. If you don't believe me that it's going to come to your neighborhood, um, I don't I don't know what to tell you because I've been covering this nonstop since it started. Virginia Senate passes bill allowing assaulting an officer to be a misdemeanor. Bill removes mandatory jail sentence. Some might say this is appropriate criminal justice reform. I'd argue it's the erosion of law and order because we saw this in Portland as well. The district attorney said that even if someone assaults an officer, he will scrutinize the arrest and perhaps release them. And so the rioting has not stopped and they're proud of it. So when we see it erupt in Kenosha, you need to you need to you need to pay attention to what those people said to The New York Times when they said that they weren't really paying attention and were sitting on the sitting on the fence. And it was some faraway story they didn't care about until it came to their doorstep. And now they're saying, what are you doing? Where are our leaders with the one woman who hates Trump saying, where'd our mayor go? Really? It's really remarkable. But I'll tell you where it gets crazier. Black Lives Matter activist Sean King threatens to name innocent cops as Jacob Blake shooter. In fact, Sean King has advocated for more violence. And that's why the Democrats won't stand up to them. And it's why everything seems to be getting worse, because the Democrats are unwilling to actually defy the far left who support they're hoping for to win in November. That's a scary thought. They would be beholden to these extremists in a desperate attempt to stop Donald Trump. Here's a tweet from Ford Fisher, a journalist. He says, tonight, Trump is making his nomination speech from the, from the lawn to the White House itself. It shouldn't be any surprise that that uh, then that a noise demo will be going on outside. Could they be loud enough that the that press at the White House bears, he, hears them? It's happened before. I'll be live streaming. Go, go concert and noise demo today outside the White House when Trump is giving his address. I think this is good for Donald Trump. You know why? Donald Trump has repeatedly been telling everybody that the riots are out of hand and must be controlled. But people in Wisconsin, this man I just told you about, was on the fence, not paying attention. It was only when the riots came to his hometown did he truly understand how bad this was for everyone else. Imagine this, Donald Trump giving a speech where he says, over the past several months, dangerous Antifa extremists have wreaked havoc on our cities destroyed people's businesses and killed. And while he's saying it, you hear screaming and chaos and rioting behind him. That'll really alert people to what he's talking about. Now, I I suppose you could argue that it might make Trump look weak. And that's the goal that people at home will be like, well, if they're protesting in front of your, your house, then why could you stop it anywhere? But it may just be the case to swing local elections. Donald Trump will say, even right now, violent, dangerous individuals are outside the White House screaming as loud as they can, threatening violence and destruction. And maybe regular people will hear that and be scared. Maybe this is a really bad idea for them. 
Well, Donald Trump is expected to skewer Biden, they say. Trump said to skewer Biden convention address saying, we have spent the last four years reversing the damage Joe Biden inflicted over the last 47 years. And Nancy Pelosi is actually saying there should not be any debates between Joe Biden and Trump. The reason why I highlight this, Joe Biden's been in, was, was in government for, yes, 47 years, I suppose is the number. And he was the vice president for eight years. When all of the violence and Black Lives Matter erupted and was spreading across the country, Joe Biden was the vice president. With all of the problems we faced then, why should anyone believe that voting for Joe Biden is a solution today? You can argue Donald Trump isn't that good, but then I would counter with right. But Joe Biden would be substantially worse, wouldn't he? I believe that Donald Trump at the federal level will offer up assistance and enforce the law. And if the governors and mayors accept it, we will end these riots. So long as we have these Democrats who don't want to give Trump the victory, it will all get worse. But they noticed their polling was doing bad and regular people, local people in these areas, in these swing states were getting angrier and angrier. And the more Trump said, I am here and I am ready. Regular people said, why won't our governor just say yes to the help? Why won't they end this? I don't know. I guess because they're scared to lose the support of the extremists who, well, they need to beat Trump, I guess. In my opinion, however, if they just came out and said the rioting is bad, then they would have done a, they would have fared way better against Trump. Now I think Donald Trump is on track for a landslide victory. While the polls aren't all in his favor, he's trailing Biden by single digits. Right now, the polling between Trump and Biden is closer than it was between Hillary and, and Donald Trump. They say that, but the polls between Donald Trump and Joe Biden are, it's a narrower lead for Biden than Hillary's was. Hillary had about double the advantage. Now, a lot can change going into November. We also have the problem of Democrats trying to disrupt the election. Of course, the Democrats will tell you Trump is the one doing it. It's actually what Nancy Pelosi said. It's just not true. Donald Trump is calling for the election to be exactly as it always is. The Democrats are calling for universal mail-in voting, which is not the same as absentee. That's what Donald Trump did. Absentee is a chain of custody. You request the ballot. Mail-in voting, universal mail-in voting, they send ballots to everybody. The Democrats are ignoring the advice of Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, who said we can vote in person safely. Why? If the, the, the doctors they know and respect and cheer for are saying it's safe, why advocate for mail-in voting? It's just disrupting the election. I think they're playing dirty games. I think they won't condemn the riots and their media allies are covering it all up, saying peaceful, peaceful, peaceful in an attempt to manipulate people into voting for them. Like that cartoon shows the country on fire, they blame Trump. That's untrue. When Donald Trump deployed the pact officers into Portland, they called him all of the worst names in the book. They said he was a fascist dictator. And now that people, it turns out people really liked it, I guess. Opposition to Black Lives Matter is skyrocketing. Cornicidics now at 38% while support drops to 49%. The riots are turning the American people to the Republicans just like the New York Times said. The Democrats played a dangerous game. It was a, it was a, uh, a bold gamble. I can only imagine at this point, they truly regret it as it backfires in their face. They're going to start losing these swing states because it may be too little too late. Don Lemon pointed out in his show, as most of you know, it's showing up in the polls and now they're panicking. Now they're worried. And I think this is one of the reasons why Pelosi doesn't want Joe Biden to debate Donald Trump. First of all, Joe Biden's not all there. He's not, he doesn't have the energy. Donald Trump is old, but he's spry. But also think about the law and order calls. 
Trump would pressure Biden to denounce the far left and Joe Biden cannot do it. Joe Biden gave a statement where he said, I support, you know, Black Lives Matter and ending systemic racism, but violence isn't the answer. Donald Trump said, we're going to lock these people up. We're going to send in law enforcement and we will put a stop to this once and for all. Strong. National Guard will be deployed. And Trump has said it over and over again. If Joe Biden says anything like that, he will lose every single Bernie Sanders voter because they like the destruction and the riots. It's part of their game. It's part of their goal. It's their plan. So Joe Biden can only sit there cowering in his basement, hiding. Nancy Pelosi says he shouldn't debate. Well, Biden came out apparently saying he will. His camp did at least. But Joe Biden was hiding in the basement for these past several months. Donald Trump has actually gone out and confronted these crowds. Oh, they smear him for it, saying he targeted peaceful protesters for a photo op. I tell you what, I'll take the president who can shut down a protest like that, defending property they tried to burn down the church over the guy hiding in his basement any day when we are facing an existential threat from extremists who hold fringe white supremacist views. That's the left. They do the white fragility stuff, intersection, intersectionality. I will I will take the guy who says I will not send in law enforcement without approval from the local uh, leaders, but I will if they're ready. That says to me, Donald Trump is not a fascist, not an authoritarian, but he's ready and willing to defend our communities from this violent threat posed by extremists. The Democrats are not willing to do that. And so I'm absolutely going to be voting for Trump and the Republicans this time around. And I'm a left leaning independent. But the Democrats have earned this. They played with fire and now they've gotten burned. It's backfired and I'm sure they'll regret it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast News. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. Yesterday, Donald Trump announced he would be deploying federal law enforcement and bolstering the National Guard in Kenosha, Wisconsin to end the unrest. He had a conversation with the governor and they agreed upon this. But we're also now learning a bunch of new information about what happened. It turns out the man who got shot, Jacob Blake, according to the DOJ, had a knife. In fact, it appears he may have been reaching for it before he was shot several times. We're learning more information about the individuals who were killed in Kenosha and videos emerged showing that they were basically threatening this kid. And I got a lot to go through. CNN, of course, is calling it fiery, but mostly peaceful protest. I kid you not. But let's just start with this first story from Newsweek. Kenosha protesters arrested forced into unmarked cars by police. Yes, Newsweek, that's called being arrested. Let me first just show you the video here. It's from Riot Kitchen. They say, Riot Kitchen HQ just learned that our bus crew was arrested in broad daylight in Kenosha today, kidnapped by feds in unmarked vans. We are currently trying to find our friends who were just there to feed people. Please share and donate for bail via Venmo. And we can see in this video, the police come up, They pull the people out of the van and then the uh, people get arrested. Now, we can only assume they're feds. I don't know for sure. Newsweek is saying that they're they're police, but the activists are saying or the leftists are saying that they're feds. Let's read a little bit. They say videos emerged showing law enforcement officials in Kenosha, Wisconsin, detaining people and forcing them into unmarked vehicles. In one clip, several vehicles with no license plates can be seen surrounding a silver van at an intersection. One officer smashes a window before a woman is pulled out through the open door. One officer then drives the silver vehicle away from the scene while others are being detained. The people rounded up are believed to have been members of Riot Kitchen 206, a nonprofit that provides meals for protesters and the homeless. The group was in Kenosha to offer food to those taking 
taking sport in the mass dis- mass demonstrations, which have broken out in the wake of a uh, shooting of Jacob Blake. Now, I, I don't know if these individuals in the van were only giving out food or if they were participating in the riots or if they're being rest- arrested for providing support to the ongoing unrest. No idea what the charges are. No idea what they're accused of. All we have is this one video to go off of. But I'm telling you this right now. I'm done. I'm, I'm done with, with all of the games they're playing. Look at this. Jacob Blake had a knife in his car. They lied about Blake. They lied about Floyd. They, they just lie every single time. Okay, not letter, literally every, but too many. Almost every single story we get is not true. So at this point, I'm erring on the side of these people in the van probably were engaging in the riots probably using food giveaways as an excuse or as a cover. I don't believe it. I'm sorry. But I'll tell you what, innocent until proven guilty. What I'm saying right now is you got arrested. Okay, let's see what happens when they when they go to court and they go to trial. And if they can prove that these people were actually involved in doing, you know, harmful things or helping the rioters, then so be it. But I'll tell you this. I'm not I, I, have, I have no goodwill left for for these individuals who are going and aiding in the destruction and the mayhem. Check out this story. Newsweek says Jacob Blake had a knife in his car when he was shot by police officer seven times, three days after the police shooting set off unrest in Kenosha and several other cities. State authorities have revealed some of the first details about what led up to it. Not only this, but apparently Blake himself confessed to having the weapon. They say Kenosha police have revealed little about what happened on Sunday evening, other than to say that officers had been responding to a domestic incident in the 2800 block of 43 at the time. Now, the DOJ has said the officers arrived at the residence after a woman called police and said her boyfriend was present and was not supposed to be on the premises. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that a dispatcher told officers there was an alert for a person wanted at that address for some reason. Blake had a warrant issued for his arrest. He was facing felony charges, trespassing and disorderly conduct. And here we go. The cops are told, yo, we got a domestic disturbance. This guy's got a felony. The DOJ did not reveal details about the case, but said officers had attempted to arrest Blake when they arrived. The department identified the officer who shot Blake as Rustin Chesky, a seven-year veteran. Chesky shot 29-year-old Blake while holding onto his shirt after officers first unsuccessfully used a taser. Mr. Blake walked around his vehicle, opened the driver's side door, and leaned forward, the DOJ said in a statement. While holding onto Mr. Blake's shirt, Officer Rustin Chesky fired his service weapon seven times. Officer Chesky fired the weapon into Mr. Blake's back. No other officer fired their weapons, the DOJ said. None of the officers were wearing body cameras because the police department doesn't have them. Blake admitted that he had a knife in his possession during the investigation following the shooting. State agents later recovered a knife from the driver's side floorboard of the vehicle, the DOJ said. No other weapons were located in the vehicle. The DOJ did not say Blake threatened anyone with a knife. Ray Sean White, the man who said he filmed the video of the shooting that circulated widely online told the AP that he heard officers shout, drop the knife, drop the knife before they shot Blake, but said he didn't see one in his hands. And they're rioting over this. And you know what else they're rioting over? I, t- I tell you what, murder suspect, suicide sparks looting and unrest in Minneapolis. They are lying about everything. These people who are going around smashing things are not fighting for justice. And you know what? You know what I think is going on when you see these Democrats coming out saying it's the fault of the of, uh, you know, it's the fault of the people defending their property. It's because they know they're going to lose and they have to lie to everybody to convince them you must vote for us. That's it. They know that these people are criminals, that they're dangerous, they're violent, 
A murder suspect shot himself and they they looted buildings over it. These people don't care about justice. They're just trying to steal stuff and they're using it as an excuse because the media is letting them because the left and the Democrats are so insanely desperate to win. They don't get it. You just got to condemn the violence. They don't want to, though, because too many of the people they're trying to get to vote for them. They're listen. The Democrats are trying to get the vote from people who like this will show up to your home. GoFundMe is allowing one of these one of these extremists who hit the hit the kid over there with a the skateboard. They're, they're, they're running fundraisers for the guy. Blake, who now admits to having a knife, a witness saying the cops yelled, drop the knife, drop the knife. This guy's got one point seven million dollars through GoFundMe. You mean to tell me that you could be wanted for a felony, fight cops and then grab a knife? And when the cops defend themselves, you get two million dollars. I'm sick of this, man. I hope the Republicans sweep across the board. But this is why the Democrats and the left and the media are playing this game. They need you to believe that what's really going on is a fight for justice. Because if people find out that the Democrats are supporting the looting, the rioting and the murder and destruction, they'll vote for Trump in a landslide. So the media narrative will continually be fiery, but peaceful. What did it say? Uh, CNN Chiron calls Wisconsin riots mostly peaceful as correspondent stands in front of a burning building. Yeah. And, and the Chiron said something like fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. There's a viral video right now where on CNN, it said violent protests. The Chiron gets erased, pops right back up. Same exact sentence, but they removed the word violent. They're doing this to help the Democrats. Don Lemon said it. He said it's showing up in the polls. So right now you have all of this for what? Police immediately provided medical aid to Blake, the DOJ said. On Tuesday, Ben Crump, an attorney, said Blake is paralyzed. Crump called for the officer who shot Blake to be arrested and the others involved to be terminated. The DOJ has yet to announce any charges. The DOJ's Division of Criminal Investigation is continuing to review evidence and determine the facts of the incident and will turn over investigative reports to a prosecutor. The prosecutor then reviews the service report and makes a determination about what charges, if any, are appropriate. I'll tell you what, man. Go watch the Mythbusters episode about a knife versus a gun. Because you know what? You know what? You, you know what you need to see? The knife at within, I believe it's when within 21 feet, a knife is more dangerous than the gun. Now, of course, in this instance, the cops had their guns drawn already. But these cops are probably trained to know that if someone's got a knife, they can cause lethal damage with one stab. And so he fired seven, seven times. He fired to end this guy because he didn't want to die. I'm not happy about it. I wish it didn't have to be this way. But Blake has admitted, according to the DOJ, to having the knife and they found it. So when the guy, when, when Blake was walking to his car, he didn't just try and sit down. He was reaching into the driver's side and a witness said they yelled, drop the knife, drop the knife. And they found the knife. Is this witness in, in on the conspiracy? Is Ray Sean, the guy who filmed it, Ray Sean White. He said he, uh, he heard officers shout, drop the knife, drop the knife. Is, does he work for Trump? Is he part of this grand conspiracy? They told him, just, just tell him you heard us say it. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's a dude in his room. He filmed it. He's the one who posted the video. There's no conspiracy. He, the guy had a knife. This is insane to me. And, and I'll tell you what's really crazy. Andy No, providing some information on the people who died. First of all, this guy right here, one of the guys who died, was actually threatening and, and, and citing 
the guys with guns. He was walking up. Watch the video. He's, he's telling them to shoot him. He's saying, it, come on, come on. And he's insulting them. You see video then. There's a video analysis of this dude, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, being chased. And he fires in self-defense. Turns out this guy is a, is a registered sex offender. This guy, Anthony Huber, 26, who was shot and killed, has a, has a history of domestic battery. I don't know. A lot of people are saying he hit the guy over the head with the skateboard. I don't think that's true. In one of the videos, it looks like he doesn't hit him. He's trying to hold him down and he's holding the skateboard at the same time. This still makes it look like he hit him. I'm, I don't know if he did. Maybe he did. But to me, it seemed like he was trying to grab the gun and he was trying to hold him down with the board. Then Kyle rolls over. Boom. Rifle in his chest. The other guy apparently was also a felon who wasn't supposed to have a gun. The third guy, I guess, is uh, part of the People's Revolution movement. And he had been, he has a criminal record that includes being intoxicated and armed with a gun. Apparently, people are saying he wasn't legally allowed to be armed. He had a nine, a, a Glock. That's a, I, 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 I don't know from a distance because I'm not a gun guy, but people are saying he had a Glock and he runs up. Now GoFundMe is allowing Anthony Huber, one of these extremists, to raise money. Here's what they said. The hero who gave his life attempting to take down a gunman. You mean chasing a 17-year-old kid who earlier in the day was cleaning up graffiti and trying to defend a business? Wow, how insane. Now they're going after Tucker Carlson, trying to get him fired. I'm just so sick of it, man. Look, I'm not happy that people lost their lives. The, uh, quite the opposite. But what do you think? When, when people go out and riot, burning and looting and, 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 and killing people, what are, what, are, what are we supposed to do? Now you've got these memes going around and they're acting, they're, they're, they're lying about who this kid is, you know, what he was doing, why he did it. They're saying that he just murdered two random people. And I'm like, they were chasing him. And, and uh, in one video, and you got to watch this. It's really hard to, un- it's really hard to know for sure. But you hear around like eight shots. The first, the first guy who got shot in the head, you hear several shots go off and it does, and, and they're distinct. You hear about four shots. Then you hear like four separate shots, maybe three or four separate shots. You can tell they're different. They sound different. They echo different. And they're clearly at different locations. Someone else, a jur- several journalists pointed out there are flashes in the background, very faint. It looks like they were shooting at Kyle Rittenhouse. I don't know if that's true, but you do hear the shots. And it does seem to be that he was shot at first and he fired in self-defense. Now, the guy who got hit in the head, I don't believe was armed. We don't know for sure, but they were threatening him. This is just a conflict. So I'm not happy about anybody losing their lives. But, but apparently GoFundMe, they'll, they'll take down the GoFundMe for the people defending their property. I want you to understand something. They have been going to residential neighborhoods and they did it yesterday in Kenosha, screaming, wake up. They've been doing it in various other cities. I want you to know what this GoFundMe means. He was a hero. That's right. When the mob comes to your house, like they did, like they did to the McCloskeys, and they threaten you, and they tell you they're going to take your home and burn it to the ground. And if you try to defend yourself, they're going to come out in the media. They're going to launch these finance campaigns and say, you're the bad guy. The regular person living in their home saying, please leave me alone. And I've said it over and over again. You think they will pass over your house? No, they won't. They're going door to door figuratively. Now, here's what I really mean in the long term. Sure, right now you can go and hide. And maybe they won't come to your neighborhood. There's a C-SPAN caller. This woman said she, she was asked if she was scared about the ride. She said, yes, they were seven miles from my house. Seven miles. It's kind of far, right? It's actually really close, though, don't you think? Here's what I'm worried about. Right now, 
you have random riots going around. They've already gone to several individuals' homes, people like Cassandra Fairbanks. They've, they, they attacked one woman at her home in Portland. They're now going to neighborhoods, they're armed, and they're attacking people. Several people have died because of it. They're burning down businesses. They clubbed the 70-year-old man over the back of the head because he was trying to put out a fire at his business. He was spraying the people who were looting his business, to be fair. But that's no excuse for what they did to him. He was defending his property. They will, they will eventually come to your house. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in a year, but maybe in a couple years. If this continues, the far left morality police will show up for review and they'll tell you that you, you are, are bigoted or your cultural appropriation or whatever, and you can't do anything about it. That's the direction we're headed in unless we all stand up and say no right now. I quite literally am saying speak up. Let people know you don't agree with this. Challenge these corporations that are doing this. Because I'll tell you, there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing other than they want to destroy your life. Unrest in Minneapolis? For what? The guy killed himself. Doesn't matter. In Chicago, a guy was shooting at cops. Doesn't matter. They just want to burn and loot and destroy. And then when you protect yourself, all of these big corporations and the media will say, you're the bad guy. The reason they're doing this, the reason I think GoFundMe is doing this, is because they need to desperately maintain the narrative that they are the good guys and the rioters are the good guys. Because regular people don't like riots. Like I said, Don Lemon noticed it's showing up in the polls. So they're desperately clinging to their narrative and it's making me, it's enraging me to no end. I have, I am, I am, I'm seriously, I'm tired. I'm furious and I'm sick and tired of the lies. Quite 32 people dead. Is that enough? No. These Democrats need to be completely removed. We, we need to defund the media. These people are evil, evil people. And I'm, and I'm reticent to say that. And I'm not talking about everyone on the left. I'm not talking about every single Democrat. I'm saying the people in the media who lie, go, the people at GoFundMe who, who allow fundraising resources to extremists who are attacking people in the street. Look, if you, if you think that Kyle shouldn't have a fundraiser because he was out there armed, okay, then this guy shouldn't either at the very least, right? They're, they're, they're rioting now because they're rioting because a guy killed himself. What does this even mean anymore? New York Post says a murder suspect in Minneapolis committed suicide as police were about to capture him, sparking looting and unrest in a city still reeling from the death of George Floyd. They say about 90 minutes after the 6 p.m. suicide, police released surveillance footage of the incident to demonstrate that it was not a police involved shooting. But protesters still made their way downtown. The demonstrations began peacefully. One protester even used a megaphone to tell the crowd the man killed himself. They didn't care. They didn't care. They don't actually care about any of this. I am, I am warning all of you. What they want is just any excuse to destroy. There's no goal. What they're claiming, what they say they're fighting for. There's no real goal. There, 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 there is. But, but what I mean to say is when they come out and say they're fighting for social justice, there's no plan. The only real end that they want is the city to be burned down, people to be living in fear. They, can, they will approach you like they did the couple in D, these people in D.C., and they will demand you salute them. I'm not kidding. They walked up to people and said, salute us or else. These people need to be stopped. So good on the law enforcement who arrested those people in the van. Now, I'm all about freedom over security, 
but you get arrested. Okay, I'm not an anarchist. You know, you get arrested, then you face, you know, trial, innocent until proven guilty. I want to see more of this. I want to see the feds going around all day and grabbing suspects and arresting them. Some of these people may not be completely guilty. I understand that. That's what the the left will say. These people are innocent. They're just chefs. Well, you're down there at the riot. You're a suspect. If it's true, well, then I hope you can, uh, you know, innocent until proven guilty. You are not just because you're being arrested doesn't mean your rights are being violated. No, you have a right to stand trial and you have your constitutional rights. You have the Fifth Amendment, all of these things, the Fourth Amendment. But I tell you this, man. If you join, if you show up to a bank robbery and you set up a booth to like feed bank robbers, do you think that they're going to stand there and be like, these guys are all right? No, they're going to arrest you. And they're going to be like, what were you doing? Why were you doing it? You were aiding and abetting these criminals, providing resources for them. They might get them on that. Maybe it's a kitchen, right? Like It is a kitchen. Maybe, maybe it's all they're doing, but maybe they're giving water and food to these people. Maybe these people are then fueled and hydrated because they're being aided and abetted by the kitchen who wants to help feed these extremists who are burning down and destroying everything. At a certain point, it's overt terrorism, overt terrorism. They're calling in the National Guard into uh, um, Minneapolis. Thank you, Mayor Frey. And I mean it. I really do. Governor Evers, Mayor Frey, I, I, I take issue with what the I think these Democrats all got to get voted out. No, no joke. I think they all got to get voted out. But for the time being, that they're going to bring in the National Guard and allow Trump to have the feds come in and make these arrests. Good, please, more. I'm sorry. If it were me, I wouldn't vote for you, though. At this point, I'm deferring to the Republicans. I know. And, and, and a lot of people say it's pointless because the Republicans are going to do the same thing. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. I really don't. I don't. Listen, I don't historically vote. I voted, I voted back during Obama and I'm like, yeah, go Obama. Woohoo. And then it was just, I was just like, wow, that was dumb. I'm out. I'm not going to vote for Republicans because I'm like, this is the be all end all solution. No, at this point, I'm kind of like, there's, there's a new wave of individuals. Like Donald Trump is not an old school Republican. The Republicans are all endorsing Joe Biden. I'm not kidding. These are all, all these cronies. So you know what? Let's try something different. That's all I can say. Something different. I was talking to Sean Parnell. I was talking to Billy Prempe. Going to have Kimberly Klasick on the IRL podcast. These are people that I'm like, I defer to you. Because clearly what's been going on with these Democrats has not worked. Why don't you guys give it a try? That's all I can say. So I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm in a place in, you know, I'm, I'm in New Jersey, all Democrat, Democrat governor, Democrat mayors. Jeff Van Drew in South Jersey, you know, he was a Democrat and he's a Republican. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say, you know what, Trump, Republicans, do your thing. And it's funny because I've had friends say, how will that solve any problems? And I'm like, don't know if it will. I'll tell you what, though, those feds that just, you know, surrounded that van and, and, and arrested those people. <laughs> Good. Why aren't the po- other why aren't local police doing that? Maybe it was local police. I don't know. We think it was feds. But Donald Trump has consistently said, I'm coming to end this. Give me the word. He sent the tr- he, sa- he sent the federal law enforcement out in Portland at the courthouse. And that proves to me he's serious. These people rioting and looting don't have a reason. And the leftists and the media and the Democrats who support it are doing it because they want to destroy everything. Well, I'll tell you what, I believe that if Donald Trump gets in uh, a second, a second term, he will he will clean things up. I think there is a real risk that we will have some uh, freedoms curtailed. I'm not happy about it. And I've thought about this, uh, you know, long and hard. It's very difficult. Freedom versus security. 
But when they're going to go around and destroying everything for what? A guy who killed himself? What do we do? No one is making these people do this. There's no conspiracy. These Black Lives Matter looters and rioters are just doing it. So we have to stop it. Otherwise, we're going to watch our cities burn down and our families be put at risk. I'm not having it. But I'm, I'm you know what, man? Maybe the answer is people just getting armed and defending themselves. But I'll tell you what, when this kid, uh, uh, he's from Antioch, Illinois, Kyle Rittenhouse, about 20 miles from Kenosha. Maybe he shouldn't have come out because he's not from Wisconsin, even though the, he lives like basically on the border. But what are people supposed to do? I watch this old man trying to save his business and they club him over the head. I watched a video of a guy almost in tears because everything his family built over 40 years was destroyed by these people. Donald Trump, man, send in the feds, make the arrests, have these people stand trial. That's what needs to happen. I got more segments coming up later. Next one will be at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. A lot of new information is emerging about Kyle Rittenhouse and what went down in Kenosha when two people were killed and a third person was injured. But right now, because Tucker Carlson defended this young man, we have the left calling for Tucker to be fired. Gee, what else is new? And Tucker didn't say anything really extreme. In fact, he didn't even say it was self-defense. He just said that Kyle Rittenhouse sought to bring about law and order, or I'm paraphrasing here, to enforce order when no one else would, something like that. And it's true. After three months of rioting, looting, looting, burning, destruction, chaos, 30 people dead, a kid decided, uh, I say kid, he's 17, decided to come out and protect some businesses. In fact, the New York Times has actually put together a pretty good thread, which in my opinion, it's just my opinion, not a legal opinion, clear self-defense. I think I think the kid should be uh, should be released. I think he probably deserves a good like finger wag. That's really about it. I mean, and, and not necessarily because he did anything wrong, but maybe a little overzealous going out there. But I get why he did what he did. The only real challenge to what happened in Kenosha is that Cal Rittenhouse was 17 and uh, open carry in Wisconsin is you have to be at least 18 years old. However, there's an exception for rifles and shotguns for people between the ages of 15 and 17. So he might actually be fine. However, he did cross state lines. It's, it, there's a lot to break down. But first, let's talk about I, I, I got to rag on the media because they're coming after Tucker Carlson while ignoring the, the horrible, horrible actions of basically every other media outlet. It's scary to me. It is. Tucker Carlson's a very smart, reasonable guy. Obviously, I disagree with him on some things. I think all of us in the same rational center to center left to right, you know, the in, in, in intellectual dark web types, political homeless, conservatives, whatever this faction is, we all basically agree on being reasonable and looking at objective facts and logic. The left doesn't. They're falsely framing what happened, in my opinion, because it's really, really hurting Joe Biden. And I mean, really hurting Joe Biden. They are in full on panic mode. But so, of course, they're coming after Fox News because Tucker, one of the highest rated shows on TV. And in fact, I believe he's the highest rated cable show as of right now ever. They got to shut him down. His message is getting out. He's breaking through the narrative. Well, guess what? Tucker will do his thing. So will I. And so will many others. And I'm going to break down their lies from Newsweek. They say Fox News host Tucker Carlson has been accused of inciting violence after he said that a teenager charged with homicide for shooting two protesters had, quote, decided to maintain order when no one else would. That's the quote. Calls were growing for Carlson to be fired following his monologue about the violence in Kenosha, Wisconsin. 
in which he appeared to say that 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse's actions were understandable after days of chaos sparked by the police shooting of Jacob Blake. I'll go one step further, Tucker. Three months, 30 people dead. I, I, I'm sorry, man. If a 10-year-old was like, I want to protect my family after three months of violent riots and murder and death, I, I, w- I, I totally get it. I do. I, I mean, all of this is tragic. I don't want any of this to happen. I don't think anybody does, except for the extremists. But I'm not going to blame this kid. He was, uh, according to the New York Times, he was actually rendering aid to Black Lives Matter uh, individuals. He had a medical kit on him. I think he just wanted to, he really did want to help keep the peace and he wanted to help people, even even the, uh, the, uh, the, pro- the protesters, the rioters. They say, in a segment on Wednesday in which he introduced graphic footage from the riots, including images of a protester bleeding in the street after being shot in the head. The Fo- they censored it, come on. The Fox anchor said that Kenosha has devolved into anarchy because the authorities in charge of the city abandoned it. He accused the authorities from the governor of Wisconsin on down of refusing to enforce the law. For the most part, I agree with this, but the governor does deserve credit because he finally turned around and said, please, Trump, yes, we'll take federal enforcement. And then we get these videos of feds jumping out of cars, smashing a van window and pulling people out, arresting them. Quote, they stood back and watched Kenosha burn. So are we really surprised that looting and arson accelerated to murder? How shocked are we? That 17-year-olds with rifles decided they had to maintain order when no one else would. Everyone can see what was happening in Kenosha. It was getting crazier by the hour. The violence has been building unabated for three months now. Every day, the mob becomes more radical, he added. Sounds a lot like me. His comments promoted an immediate backlash from any high-profile figures who called for advertisers to drop the host. In a reprise of past controversies involving appeals for Carlson to be fired. Former Labor Secretary under President Clinton, Robert Reich, tweeted, if they don't take action after this, everyone of Fox News' executives, directors, and advertisers is complicit in Tucker Carlson's racist, murderous rants. John Cusack said, we need to boycott cable until they ban Fox News. We can also boycott their sponsors. Yeah, I don't care about these people. I really don't. I say, I, I say things that, I think Tucker says things that go a little bit further than you know, I do. Not that he goes far at all. Like, Tucker's fairly moderate, to be honest. And he's being, re- he's being reasonable. We actually have this threat. This is amazing. Christian uh, Tribert. This is the New York Times visual investigations broke down all of the footage. Clear cut case of self-defense. Now, there's some questions about the legalities of whether or not Kyle Rittenhouse could legally be carrying a weapon. The first question I have. So typically, if you're in the uh, uh, in the process of committing a crime and you're and you kill somebody for any reason, it's typically considered murder. However, this is usually uh, assumed to be something like, I don't know, you're robbing someone and then someone, you know, tries to stop you and you kill like you kill them. Well, you were committing the crime. You were the instigator. This is different. Although he was arguably committing a crime, if the, 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 the hunting exemption doesn't uh, doesn't apply, then he was underage crossing state lines with a rifle. In this case, they might argue that he shouldn't. He wasn't legally allowed to be armed and therefore it doesn't, it doesn't qualify. Now, some people have already pointed out it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the circumstances in which you defend yourself. Self-defense applies. It would be a totally different charge. Kyle Rittenhouse is being charged with first degree intentional homicide. I, I don't believe now, based on what I've read, that will stick. But there, there are some comments people say, you know, honestly, we don't know for sure. We'll see how things play out, especially, the, you know, considering where he lives is called Antioch, Illinois. It's about 20 minutes from Kenosha. And he drove to Wisconsin. And, and you, get, you get the left saying he drove across state lines. But that's 
come on, it's 20 minutes. It may still have a legal impact, but for the most part, it would seem as of right now, Kyle Rittenhouse there uh, was armed legally because there is an exception for people between the ages of 15 and 17 to carry the weapon. And according to this thread, I, I got to say clear cut self-defense, but let's let's read through it. They say uh, Christian says a teenager faces charges in the shootings of two people. The NYT visual investigations team reviewed hours of live streams, live streams to track what happened. He says in the hours before the shooting, Christian T. Harris, Richie McGinnis and Elijah Schaefer all interviewed Rittenhouse, who said he was uh, protecting a local vehicle dealership together with several others. Rittenhouse is around that area when the footage you know, happens, blah, blah, blah. Rittenhouse walks up to a police vehicle with his rifle slung, talks to officers. One tosses a water bottle to the armed men, as seen in Christian T. Harris's live stream. Rittenhouse eventually leaves the dealership. He says, to better understand what happened next, we synchronized six live streams, which revealed that there were two separate shooting incidents, one about a half, uh, uh, about one and a half minutes apart involving multiple gunmen. Here's the most important part. Rittenhouse is being chased while he is being pursued. An unknown gunman fires the first shots into the air. Now they say into the air. I'm not sure if they're saying they aimed the weapon up. But what happens is you can actually see the muzzle, muzzle flash. And I pointed this out in my earlier segment. You can hear multiple shots. He then says the New York Times Rittenhouse turns to face the individual, fires back, hitting him in the head. These individuals early on in the night were actually threatening many of these young men, saying straight up they wanted them to shoot him. To, and these guys have criminal records. Rittenhouse turns toward the sound of gunfire as another pursuer lunges toward him. He fires four times and appears to shoot the man in the head. The muzzle flash of the first shot is it can be seen. That's the most important part. And the meme going around right now is that Kyle Rittenhouse didn't shoot first. Clear case of self-defense, right? Well, Will Chamberlain says this is going to be huge for the self-defense case. One, lunatic is chasing after Rittenhouse. Two, gunshot from another weapon behind Rittenhouse. Those two combined equal. Rittenhouse has a reasonable fear that deadly force is being used slash about to be used against him. Here's what I responded. But if open carry is 18, uh, 18 and older, why won't they uh, uh, only won't they just say he killed people while committing a crime negating self-defense? And Will Chamberlain, who is a lawyer, said, good question, would need to read about it. However, several people responded to me straight up saying no, no. The first, the first bit of logic, I think, actually makes a lot of sense. Let's say, like, you're running down the street because people are chasing you, screaming, and they're, you know, throwing things at you, and they're armed, and you see somebody, you, you see, like, you know, a weapon on someone's property. If you grab that, you're not legal. It's not yours. You're not legal, legally, legally allowed to have it, and then defend yourself from the people trying to kill you. I'd imagine they're going to argue well, you were defending yourself. You might get a separate charge, but I really doubt it. Now, there may be a charge because he showed up with the weapon. But in terms of self-defense, these people had already fired potentially at him. They were already attacking him. And they I, I believe they, they would have killed him. I really do. One guy jumped, jumped and then kicked him in the face, a Rittenhouse. And he falls down. The skateboard guy who has a history of domestic violence convictions runs over. Some people have said he hit him with the skateboard. It kind of looks like he's trying to hold him down. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure, but you know, you can watch the video. Anyway, Rittenhouse is being attacked from all sides. He turns and he fires, hits the guy, according to the New York Times, in the stomach. I'm not sure if I, uh, this guy died. They say the stomach, but it, I, I'd imagine if he died that quickly, it had to have been a shot through like the aorta, his circulatory system. I'm not entirely sure. Then the third guy runs up, armed the Glock 9 millimeter, 
As the, that's how people have identified it. I'm assuming it's a Glock, but he does have a gun. And when he reaches to try and grab the weapon, Kyle shoots him and you can see, I'm, I'm sorry, man, we're getting graphic here. The flesh explode off of this man's arm. His bicep is gone. I, I believe this man will probably never use his arm again. I mean, he's not going to be able to lift it. That's for sure. But here's the interesting point. Over at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, they say, 17-year-old suspect in Kenosha shootings was too young to open carry, might still raise self-defense. They point out that there's actually some uh, important provisions here. Kyle Rittenhouse, a 17-year-old militia member, blah, 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 is carrying a rifle. They say, uh, according to statutes, they say anyone under 18 who goes armed with any deadly weapon is guilty of a class A misdemeanor. John Monroe, a lawyer who specializes in gun rights cases, believes an exemption for rifles and shotguns intended to allow people ages 16 and 17 to hunt could apply. That's simple. The law may be intended to allow young people to hunt, but typically they don't put the intent in the law. Well, I, I'm actually, I don't know that's true. I'm not a lawyer, but the general idea is the law will say, if you are with, uh, you know, between the ages of 16 and 17, rifles and shotguns, you know, will not be, you know, uh, restricted in this way. Basically, what they're saying is, as written, they don't want you to carry handguns. But because young people go hunt with their, you know, you know, out in the wilderness with their, you know, or, or in hunting areas with their with their family and friends, you they need to be able to allow, uh, they, they need to be able to carry these weapons. Therefore, they just carve out the exception. That's it. Kyle may have been legally allowed to be carrying that rifle and thus clear-cut case of self-defense. Now, I want to talk to you about how the, the politicos are responding to this. The first thing I want to show you is, I showed this in my earlier segment, but I'm going to bring it up now just because I want the context in this video. CNN Chiron calls Wisconsin riots mostly peaceful as correspondent stands in front of a burning building. People are dead. People have been dying. For, th- for three months, we've seen death and they still won't stop. But they want Tucker Carlson fired. They're lying. These people have no scruples. They have no integrity. And they are just lying. It's what they do. I saw a post on my Facebook page. You know, some, some, someone who's, who's friend of me. I, I have like, you know, max friends on Facebook. I just accepted everybody, whatever. But somebody said that these guys who died were martyrs trying to stop a white supremacist you know, uh, who was hunting down BLM members. Lies, just insane lies. I mean, we can watch the video. The New York Times shows us someone else fired first. Kyle did not fire the first shots. He was being chased. Someone stomped his face while he was on the ground. He tripped and fell. Someone runs up and then jumps and then boom, right in his face. So he fired in self-defense, no doubt. But they are lying because they want power. There's a viral video of a woman She's screaming that armed groups are shooting people in this. They're, they're shooting protesters in the streets. And she's like, you want war? You're going to get it. These people are insane, man. Fueled by CNN. You know why CNN does this? Because they know that their audience supports the extremism. They just need to own up to it. Just come out and say it, CNN. CNN puts, on a, puts up a Chiron that says straight up fiery, but mostly peaceful protests. That's right. Fiery but mostly peaceful protests. It's just absolutely crazy. Caleb Hull says, you cannot make this up. A senior reporter is standing in front of a building engulfed in flames, and it reads fiery, but mostly peaceful protest after police shooting. (laughs) Bravo, CNN. Bravo, CNN. He says literally this. Nothing to see here. Please disperse. People are running. The building's blowing up. I can't remember. It's probably from Naked Gun, that that clip. So anyway, Ayanna Presley, you know her. One of the squad members tweeted, 
A 17-year-old white supremacist domestic terrorist drove across state lines armed with an AR-15. He shot and killed two people who had assembled to affirm the value, dignity, and worth of black lives. Fix your damn headlines. Wow. I did. I fixed it. Don't worry, Ayana. I gotcha. I said a 17-year-old drove 20 minutes from his, from his home in Antioch to defend businesses after three months of looting and 30 people killed in the George Floyd riots. He was attacked and killed two people defending himself, though he appears too young to legally open carry. He has been arrested. There you go. That's the story. Why is Ayanna Presley lying? More importantly, why does she have 77,700 retweets, 278,000 likes? Because they don't care about the truth. These people want, listen, you need to understand to them, you are the bad guy. You there, John, sitting in your living room, minding your own business. You got, you got work in a couple hours, second shift. And you just want to go, you just want to go to work, do your thing, get your job, get your job done, you know, uh, get your paycheck, come home, take care of the bills. They're saying straight up to you, when they come to your house, like they did the McCloskey's armed, you are the bad guy. You're the terrorist. Heaven forbid you stand up to defend your community where you live. State lines. You see how they frame this? Drove across state lines, armed with an AR-15. First of all, Second Amendment right, you can carry an AR-15 and drove across state lines. The, the dude lived in Antioch, which is about a 20 minute drive from Kenosha. It's, you could argue it's basically a suburb of Kenosha. I mean, Kenosha is basically a suburb of, you know, well, Kenosha is its own city. Sure, fine. But it's probably, you could argue it's just part of the suburbs. There are interesting uh, uh, ramifications to driving across state lines, but Antioch literally, like, if you're in Antioch, Illinois, you could walk for three blocks and be in Wisconsin. That's how close it is. They try to make it seem as worse, as, as horrifying as possible. I'm not going to play this game where I'm going to frame it the other way, where I say like a 17-year-old honorable young man trying to defend his home from violent extremists stood his ground and was nearly killed, but heroically stopped two of these terrorists. I'm not going to play that game. I'm not going to say that either. You could. No, I'm going to say it was, it was a 17-year-old who drove from his home after months of rioting and death, and he was attacked and he defended himself. And he's been arrested. He's being charged. We will see how this plays out. Tucker Carlson said something similar. And because of this, they want to, they want him fired. But like I mentioned earlier on, the real reason they want Tucker Carlson fired is because he is one of the last defenses for sane, rational thought on cable news television. I'm not a big fan of uh, most of what Fox News has to offer. I was having a conversation the other night with some people, and I'm just like, my, my personal opinion you know, I think Hannity's all right. I think he phones it in. Uh, I think Laura Ingram and Hannity are a bit, you know, bombastic. I think Tucker Carlson is, he's well, he's well thought out. He's well reasoned. He's moderate. And I think there's some things I disagree with him on. He had a segment last year about, you know, like marijuana laws or something. And I thought it was silly because I'm, I'm much more of a, you know, libertarian, left-leaning libertarian. But I think Tucker Carlson does a good job of assessing these things and giving a reasonable and off and, and for the most part, populist approach. Recently, it was really funny when we saw Tucker do this handoff with Sean Hannity, where Tucker was criticizing these big, massive corporations who are making tons of money while small businesses are being destroyed. And Hannity's response was like, if a business has a service and they're going to make money, you know, so be it. And Tucker did the Tucker face. You know what I'm talking about. But I think it's really funny that um, you sometimes have these differences of opinions. But I think the reason why they go after Tucker and not Sean Hannity, it's obvious. Now, of course, they go after Hannity a bit, but come on, they've tried destroying Tucker Carlson to no end. They just won't stop. It's crazy. It's lies. It's insane. 
It's because Tucker is reasonable, really good at his job, and he's pulling the mask off. They don't seem to care about the I mean, look, they've dragged Laura Ingram. They've dragged Hannity and several others. But Tucker, man, they go after this guy. They want to destroy his life. Meanwhile, they just don't care about what's actually happening. Let me break it down for you, man. Things are going to get crazy. Uh, They're crazy now. They've been crazy. But all that crazy is being normalized. And that's what scares me. I think it's going to get worse. When you see Anna Presley get set now, now, look, it's real time. 78,000 retweets. When you see people like Sean King advocating for more, advocating for more, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to come to your house. I know I say it all the time. I said it in my last segment. I'm say it again, man. When you get 78,000 retweets on this post, you got a lot of people who have no idea what's really going on, who are being manipulated by evil people. Ayanna Presley, I'm, I'm going to say it straight up. She's evil. You know why? She's someone in a position of power who completely lied about what's happening. The New York Times did a hardcore breakdown. We, I, I am trying to be reasonable in telling you what actually happened to the best of my abilities. Even in the sense that Kyle Rittenhouse may be charged because he was underage. I want to make sure I cover the bases and give you the power for you to take care of yourself. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be a politician. I don't want to be in charge of anybody. I don't want to set policy. I want to be left alone. Bayana Presley is in government. She wants to win. She wants power. And she will lie, cheat, and steal to get all the power she can. Same thing with Sean King. We are, we are coming to a point where truly evil people are encouraging pain and suffering because they want power. I'm, I'm, I'm reticent to say those words, to say evil, because for the longest time, I really felt like most of us just had differences of, of opinion. When I would see the left and the right arguing with each other, sometimes people would refer to each other as evil. For the most part, it was like, I would say, I would often say, I think most of us want the same thing. We just want life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but we disagree on how to get there. Today, I don't feel that way because Ayanna Presley is overtly lying. The New York Times laid it out. We know what happened, but she's lying. She is inciting people. That's what, that's what, this, that's what this is. They're trying to get Tucker Carlson fired. He didn't do anything or say anything, but they're lying because they want power. Once they get that power, they will oppress you. They will hurt you. And you will not, you will not have freedom. And I'm worried about it. I'm worried about Joe Biden winning. I'm worried about the Democrats maintaining this power while they, they lie every step of the way. And it's starting to reflect in the polls and they know it. And that's why they're beginning to panic. The reason why they're pushing these lies is because people know what's happening. They've had enough. The only way to protect their power, protect their base, is to convince America that this 17-year-old kid who defended himself is a white supremacist terrorist. He's 17, dude. That's not true. He's just some local kid from, from the Chicagoland area. And there's rioting. And he went to go do what he thought was right. There's photos of him cleaning up graffiti earlier in the day. Tragic situation. But if regular people find out how bad it really is, the leftist extremists will lose their control. That's why they're lying. They need to be voted out. We need we need someone to come in and, and uh, uh, you know, set policy and send in the federal law enforcement agencies to end the riots. And that's definitely not going to be the left because they like it. So here's what's happening. The Democrats are scared to say anything because they know the left does support this. And if they come out and, and they know regular people don't, it's now hitting Biden in the polls. The next segment will be coming up at youtube.com slash Timcast. It's a different channel. We're going to break down. Joe Biden's polls are dropping because regular people are waking up and saying enough. They know the Democrats can't take care of this because the far left has taken over the Democratic Party and now their leaders are helpless to do anything about it. I'll see you all at four. 
YouTube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. The people of Seattle pay taxes. Those taxes are supposed to ensure that police, fire, and emergency medical services are available to them. But when Seattle allowed the CHOP, the CHAZ, to exist, this autonomous zone, it effectively cut off many people from these emergency services because these extremists were barricading the space. Cops, ambulances, fire departments struggled to get in. Businesses suffered. Now we have a story. A man's fighting back. Dad of Seattle CHOP shooting victim files $3 billion in claims against the government. And I hope he wins. I tell you this, man. I watched the videos of Kenosha where an individual got shot in the head, and you can see him whimpering and crying as he dies. And it's brutal, and it's hard to watch. And I have seen these things in real life. I've seen people carry dead bodies out of conflict zones. But I will tell you this, man. You can look at these photos, and some people don't have the strength to watch someone cry as they die. But there is nothing. The hardest thing to look at is this photo right here. A man whose son is dead. It's It's much harder to look at. Knowing the, just seeing, seeing that pain, the people whose lives are destroyed as their loved ones are taken from them. And yes, I absolutely mean people like Jacob Blake. He's paralyzed. He's alive. People like George Floyd. And I absolutely mean these two, these two people in Wisconsin. And of course, this man's son. I don't, I am, I, most of you know, you follow my content. I oppose the death penalty. I don't want anyone to die. I, it's, it's, it's so difficult to, to try and understand that even when there are some people who might be bad people, there is extreme pain. That I, I can I can only I, I would never wish on on my worst enemies. Now, of course, I think this guy. Look, I, I do think that some people might be more deserving than others. One hundred percent. Even though I oppose a death penalty, there's some really awful people out there, and I'm like, I get it, I get it. When people are like, those are the people that you know f- should face the death penalty. I get it. I do, and I understand self defense. I understand if there's someone who's a clear and present danger, they you may have to kill them. This guy's son wasn't one of those people. He was just down there. And I guess he got he got killed. We, I don't know anything about his son. And regardless of the circumstances of death, I think it's always tragic. Always. So my main point with this, we'll read the story is just I can see a video of someone who's seriously injured. I can see these these gruesome conflicts and it's, it is hard to watch. But man, when I saw this photo of this guy with tears in his eyes, his son is dead. It's substantially harder to look at. It is. This is the kind of stuff we don't want to happen. And I feel like these dumb kids who are running around playing games, thinking that it's it's all fun and games to bring a hammer to a car dealership, smash up buildings and burn to the ground to see an image of people whose lives are completely destroyed. That is harder to look at. They say the father of a 19 year old man who was fatally shot inside the Chaz has just filed three billion dollars in claims against local and state governments for allegedly allowing an atmosphere of lawlessness that resulted in his son's death. Horace Anderson, 50, lost his special needs son, Lorenzo Anderson, on June 20th in a shooting incident that also injured a 33-year-old man. I just want to see justice for my son, Horace told the Post, noting that no arrests had had, uh, had been made yet for the killing. Somebody has to be held responsible. Something is not right, and my son should still be alive today. Lorenzo was shot multiple times and laid bleeding to death in the Seattle streets with no one to respond. Alleged papers filed with Horace's separate $1 billion claims against the city, King County, and the state of Washington. Confusion and blockades led to a 20-minute delay before first responders finally arrived on the scene. Only after Good Samaritans had already taken Lorenzo to the hospital, the claim papers filed Wednesday allege. With no assistance to rescue from Seattle first responders, Lorenzo died in agony from his wounds. Claim the documents filed by lawyer Evan Oshin say. 
He didn't have help. He needed help. Horace told the post he needed me and I wasn't there for them. I see these stories, George Floyd, Eric Garner, Michael Brown, Brianna Taylor. I see them and I understand the anger and the pain, but we cannot allow people to inflict more rage and turn that rage into a plague that infects everyone else and makes everyone else angrier. This is the scariest thing to me. Somebody gets angry and that anger transfers to someone else. And in their anger, they create more anger. There's a story that I often tell uh, periodically. Maybe some of you haven't heard it, so I'll just try and be quick with it. But I was taking a cab ride once from Manhattan to Brooklyn. These cab drivers in New York, they hate going to Brooklyn because they're not allowed to pick up rides across the river. They, the, each borough has their own. I guess, you know, Manhattan has yellow cabs and the, and the uh, outer boroughs have the green cabs. So they'll often, these cabs will pull up and they'll crack their window and say, where are you going? You say, Brooklyn, they'll speed off. They're not allowed to do it. They do. But I once got into a vehicle and the guy asked me where I was going. I said, Brooklyn. And boy, was he angry. And so he drove like kind of a dick. And it was a very unpleasant ride. And the guy was complaining the whole time. And when we finally got to, to my apartment in Brooklyn, he was furious. I tipped him 100% on top. And his demeanor changed immediately. And he just said, thank you to me several times and blessings to my family. And I said, I hope that extra money will cover the cost of you making it back to Manhattan. And the reason I did this was this guy was clearly having a bad day. I don't know anything about him, but I was worried not so much about benefiting him, but making sure that rage stopped. And I thought to myself, if I if I stiff this guy on the tip because he was a bad driver, he's going to be angry the entire time. And now he's going to go pick somebody up. He's going to be mean to them. They're going to get mad. They're going to show up and they're gonna, that anger is going to spread like a disease. But I thought if I can make this guy happy and make his day amazing, then he's going to drive back with a smile on his face. He's going to pick someone up who's probably grump, you know, might be grumpy. It's a hard day at work. And he's going to smile and say, I'm sorry, you're having a bad day. You know, cheer up. Things can be better. And if I can make that guy happy, maybe I can spread happiness like a disease or disease probably sounds a bit negative. But I was like, maybe if this guy just feels good. And the next person he gives a ride to will also leave with a better feeling. And we can end that cycle of pain and rage. So when I see these, these instances like George Floyd, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely sad. But if we allow people to get angry and then they take that anger from watching that video and go around and smash up buildings and burn things down, take over the chaz. It results in more pain and more rage. And when does it end? What was the chaz? The Chaz was a bunch of people using the killing of George Floyd as an excuse for their stupid utopianist nonsense. And they, they, they occupied this territory and the city said, fine. And now this man lost his son. And what about his pain? What about his son? Did his son's life matter? It did. So I hope he takes the city for all they're worth. Now, I don't want, you know, suffering to come to the residents, but the city needs to be held responsible for allowing this. But it is true. You know, if he if he if he sues this city and he wins and he takes money out of, you know, he takes money out of important programs and the police department and it'll result in more rage and more chaos and more suffering. It's a difficult it's a difficult situation. So I don't blame him for suing. I hope he gets something out of this. I hope he gets closure. But it's an example of how the cycle just won't stop. He said everyone was walking around with guns. It was like the wild, wild west. Normally, You figure the police come in and they shut it down and clean up the area. I never knew that people could come in and take over a whole city. That means there is no safety. 
The police aren't doing their job. That's right. A week after Lorenzo's death, a 16-year-old teen boy was also shot and killed in the chop zone. The two deaths finally led cops in early July to clear the protesters from the zone. Still, there was a protest and vandalism in the city on Monday night. The Seattle Times responded. Nearly two months after Lorenzo's death, Horace said, every morning I wake up and I miss him and I'm crying. Just today, I'm driving down the street crying, thinking about it, going to the dentist. The three claims are a precursor to filing a lawsuit, which Ocean says he and his client plan to do. They try to sweep stuff under the rug. I'm not here to be quiet. That's my son. I'm not going to be quiet for nothing. These people on the left who inflame this stuff, who, who encourage this stuff, I, 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 am, I, am, I have complete and utter disdain for them. I see that shooting of Jacob Blake in, in Kenosha, which sparked all this mass rioting. And boy, am I shocked by it. And I, 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 am, I hate it. I don't want anybody to get hurt. But come on. This guy was wanted on a felony warrant. You have to understand when the cops are coming, not always, but typically when they're trying to arrest a man like Jacob Blake because he's got a warrant, it's because they don't want this to happen because innocent people's lives get destroyed. And now this guy whose son is dead because of these extremists has to drive for months now crying every morning, knowing his son will never come back. I can't even imagine that level of pain. And I don't want to have to look at a photo of a man feeling that way. I don't want to have to wake up and see videos of people with bullets in their heads. I know that those people who got shot in Kenosha, a lot of people have pointed out they're felons. Apparently all three of them were. One guy was a sex offender. One guy was a domestic abuser. One guy was part of some revolutionary group guys bicep blown off. I'm glad that guy's alive. I see a lot of people, you know, they post things online and they, I understand they, they feel a cathartic release seeing these, these extremists getting comeuppance. I'm not happy about any of it. I don't want to see a video of a guy clutching his heart as he collapses and dies. I don't want to see a guy laying on the ground getting his face stomped in because there are people all around around them and they're going to feel that pain and they're going to go out and that pain will spread like a virus. That anger will spread to other people. So you know what? It's got to be stopped. It has to be stopped. We can't allow these people to take over the chairs. We can't allow them to smash up windows and burn buildings down. I see this photo of a guy hugging a woman, maybe his wife, after his family family's business was completely destroyed and he's nearly in tears. That's a legacy. His family, everything he, he, he knows was gone and taken from him and destroyed. Now that pain will never, never be anything like what this man is feeling about his kid. People can get over the loss of a business. They can rebuild. You'll never get that person back. That person is a one in, one in, in, in 10 billion. Reminds me of the line from the movie Watchmen where Dr. Manhattan is becoming very cynical. Maybe you're not familiar, but the general context is, he says, out of everything in the universe, the, the, you know, the, the, the various atoms and all the matter and, and, and the, the, just the, 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 the likelihood, the probability that all of these things could come together. And then you have a woman who has every reason to hate this man, conceives a child. That is a miracle. And what I got from that was that each and every individual, while you, you, you zoom out far away, everybody looks kind of the same, but the uniqueness of an individual can never be rebuilt, can never be born, born again. That person, everything that person was is gone. This guy's son's never coming back, no matter what he does. Those businesses, they can come back, but it's still pain and suffering that must be stopped. What I'm trying to say is, I understand when these rioters are like, a person is dead and you care about a business. Yes, because I don't want people to suffer. 
I didn't want your friend to die, and I don't want that guy's building burnt down, uh, burnt down and destroyed. But I understand the pain for one is worse than the pain for another. But we have to we we have to stop it. We can't let it we can't let it spread. I mean, some of these people in Minneapolis that you, one guy died in the, in this building that burned down. So we can't allow it. I don't know if this guy's going to win, but I hope he, he he gets something. And I hope this is a lesson to all these Democrat run cities that you must stop the pain before it spreads because it will only create more. I'll leave it there. My best of luck to this man in, in his endeavors, and I hope he finds peace. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. A lot of big news with the NBA, the WNBA, the MLB sports, in my opinion, seem to be dying. We saw recently that the playoff ratings were down 40%. And then we got this NBA, WNBA postpone all Wednesday games after players refused to play over Jacob Blake shooting. Apparently, uh, the Major League Baseball was in solidarity and like some TV hosts also walked out. And I say to them, bravo, good sirs, for standing up for what you believe in. Now, apparently they were saying over on Yahoo Sports that some of these players were traumatized. Okay, that's a little bit absurd, but I appreciate all of you saying we don't need this money. We want justice. The money can be, you know, the money be damned. What we actually care about is, wait a minute, how, how, how much are we losing? It's that much? You sure? Report, NBA players decide to resume playoffs after one day strike. Oh, <laughs> I guess they, uh, maybe they realized they were going to lose a lot of money. So they're back. Okay, it was a one-day strike. I mean, fine. If, if that was the, the, the deal, you're going to call off one game? Sure, seems a little bit ineffective. But I have to imagine that somebody took a look at their pocketbook and said, whoa, 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 <laughs> how much do we lose? Nah, I don't know about that. The ratings are already down. And here's what's funny. A lot of people pointed out with the players going on strike at a time when their ratings are collapsing, they were putting themselves in a terrible contract position where they're not going to be able to negotiate for very much when, when, you know, when, the, when the teams come back and be like, why are we going to sign you for that amount of money when the ratings are down? Nobody wants to watch and you quit. I'll, come, I'll take you back at half. Nope. So they came running back their checkbooks. They didn't want to get them a little light. Yahoo Sports says one day after walking out of their playoff games in protest of systemic racism and the police shooting of Jacob Blake, NBA players will soon be back on the court. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, players decided on Thursday morning to return to work and finish out the playoffs. Yet nobody's watching. You know, what's really funny. Uh, I said this the other day. I, I wonder if the real reason they did this was because the ratings are so bad and they needed to save face. That could be it. Wodge also reported that Thursday's three playoff games will be postponed. There are ongoing discussions about when the teams will be returning to play. Tensions Wednesday night agreement on Thursday morning. They say this was the, this this result was far from assured. The players held a three hour meeting on Wednesday night to discuss whether or not they should continue the playoffs after walking out earlier in the day. And emotions ran high all around. According to Yahoo Sports, Chris Haynes, some players were upset with the Milwaukee Bucks for deciding to go on strike without first, ta- uh, f- first talking to the National Basketball Players Association or their opponents, the Orlando Magic. Haynes also reported that the LA Lakers and the LA Clippers both voted to walk out on the remaining postseason games and return home. Those teams were the first ones to exit the long NBA meeting on Wednesday night, with LeBron James and Kawhi uh, Leonard making their feelings about ending the playoffs clear. That changed by Thursday morning, according to Haynes. A good night's sleep helped everyone gain some perspective and get on the same page. Nah, I'm willing to bet that the, 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 uh, the, you know, the, the, the check holders were basically like, you don't play, you don't get paid. Have a nice day. And they were like, wait, 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 hold on. I'm willing to bet that many of them, listen, 
I talked about this the other night. I have to imagine that if you're playing sports and there's no fans, oh man, you don't got that hype. You know what I mean? Like, I, I couldn't imagine performing. You, you don't get the same feeling. Like, I, I play music, right? We, we used to do these Friday night. We were, we were doing these Friday night jams for a while. I've played on stage for large crowds. And that energy, man, it's electric. Playing online, not the same thing. That energy's not there. It kind of feels like, I mean, you're just here in your room alone. So look at this court. You got this image right here. There's no fans. It's just, it's like a high school gym. I, I'm willing to bet many of these guys are bored. They don't have that energy, right? You get addicted to it. You're playing for these arenas. You got all the fans cheering for you, chanting your name. It's fun, exciting. And then when it's gone, man, it's boring. Who cares? You can't play your best. You get tired and say, I don't even want to do this. You know, nobody's even watching anymore. The ratings are down 40%. Your views are slashed. You got no fans. And then along comes the event. And you're like, dude, I'm out. Then you get a phone call. You got a contract, buddy. You have to play. Otherwise, we're cutting you off and you're getting paid nothing. And they're like, I'll be back. I'll be good. Now, here they are. Get ready to play again. We got Chris Haynes. that says, Yahoo sources. There was a change in position from last night with LeBron James, among others, relaying it was in their best interest to finish out the season. Yes, their best interest. You see, that's what they omit from this, that they all got on the same page after a good night's sleep. All their trauma washed away. Nah, somebody called them and said, you better finish. Chris Haynes says, Yahoo sources. Significant source of frustration in meeting last night stemmed from players not being on the same page and emotions got the best of some. The hope from the collective was after a good night's sleep, they could reconvene and get, get it to this point. Playoffs are back. Congratulations. Your, your big strike was uh, a whole lot of nothing. Interestingly, I believe it's uh, uh, Jared Kushner. Well, they say uh, it's absurd. Trump officials brush off NBA player strikes over police shooting. Apparently, Kushner said he'd meet with LeBron and talk about it. Here's a story from NPR. Top White House officials are brushing off the significance of NBA protests this week over the police shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Quote, look, I think the I think that the NBA players are very fortunate that they have the financial position where they're able to take off a night, night from work without having to have the consequences to themselves financially. White House advisor Jared Kushner told CNBC. So they have that luxury, which is great. On Wednesday, the Milwaukee Bucks said they would not play against the Orlando Magic in protest over Blake's shooting. The 29-year-old remains hospitalized after he was shot seven times. This is we all understand. The NBA later postponed all three playoff games scheduled for Wednesday. The WNBA and MLB followed suit, postponing games Wednesday night. I, I, sh- I just got to point out, like, Major League Baseball is playing to stands full of cardboard cutouts. I wouldn't do it. If it were me, if you were like, Tim, we know that you normally do a show to, you know, you get like several million views per day, but instead... We're just going to put cardboard cutouts of people all over the place. Oh, actually, you know, what? I got Joe Biden and Donald Trump sitting in front of me. So I, I, I'm not going to pretend like I have an audience with the president and, and his, you know, the principal contender. No, it's pieces of cardboard. <laughs> I can't imagine these people are having fun doing it. So I wonder if that's the real reason they were like, yeah, sure. We're not going to play either. The, uh, so they say, quote, we're tired of the killings and the injustice. Milwaukee Bucks guard George Hill told ESPN on Wednesday. The Bucks quickly put out a statement calling on the Wisconsin legislature to reconvene. LeBron James, who plays for the LA Lakers, tweeted a message of support for the striking Bucks players. The Lakers did not play a scheduled game against the Portland Trailblazers on Wednesday night. Spare me, dude. These guys all came out and they were like, yo, China's great and everything. We're talking about human rights violations in China. Dude, I'm upset about all of it. I don't believe any of these people are serious. They were like, yo, can we get a night off? I want to go, you know, go, go chill. F this man. We demand change. Sick of it, he tweeted. Not, nothing, nothing about China, though, I guess. On Thursday, Kushner told Politico 
he would reach out to James. Look, let's both agree on what we want to accomplish and let's come up with a common path to get there, he said. Kushner pointed to the First Step Act, a criminal justice reform bill President Trump signed into law in 2018 as evidence that the White House has taken tangible action on social justice issues. But President Trump has frequently decried protests by professional athletes, namely Colin Kaepernick, kneeling during the national anthem in protest of racial injustice. I think with the NBA, there's a lot of activism. And I think that they've put a lot of slogans out, Kushner said. But I think what we need to do is turn that from slogans and signals into actual action that's going to solve the problem. Mark Short, Vice President Mike Pence, Chief of Staff, was asked on CNN whether he, whether his boss might weigh in on the NBA strike. I don't know that you're going to see the administration weigh in on that one one way or another, he said. In my mind, it's absurd. It's silly. Trump campaign spokesman Tim Murdoch told reporters today that the president will mention what happened in Kenosha in his nomination speech Thursday, talking broadly about unrest in American cities like Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, and now Kenosha. Trump and Pence have often portrayed American cities as violent and lawless, deploying those descriptions to bolster their warnings about a Biden presidency. Quote, we will have law and order on the streets of America, Pence said during his convention speech Wednesday evening. Joe Biden would double down on the very policies that are leading to unsafe streets and violence in America's cities. Both Biden and his running mate, Senator Kamala Harris, have weighed in with messages of support for the player strikes. This moment demands moral leadership, Biden tweeted. And these players answered by standing up, speaking out and using their platform for good. Now is not the time for silence. You know what? I don't care if they want to issue a statement. I get it. If they don't want to play like do their jobs, I don't get it, man. Could you imagine if like you go to McDonald's and you walk in and you're like, I'd like a Big Mac. And the guy goes, maybe I'm actually not going to make the Big Mac because I'm traumatized by this video I saw on the Internet. I'd be like, "Okay, I feel for you, man. I'm sorry you're upset. Would you mind stepping aside so someone else could make my burger for me? Because if you don't want to do it, I mean, that's fine. I respect that. But can somebody else? Now, when it comes to the NBA, there's not really anybody else. I don't know the B roster. Hey, who's willing to play basketball and like, I don't know, whatever, man. I just don't believe it's legit to be to be completely honest. I mean, unless these people just don't understand what's happening in the world. It's it seems very strange to me. That they like pull up their Twitter app and see this and they're like, oh man, I I can't work tonight because look at this video, dude. Why don't you go and watch every single one of these videos? What are you talking about? No, it's the media whipping everybody up into a tizzy. And then I just think most people that are seeing this are irrationally, emotionally charged by this stuff. So maybe what's really happening is these people are getting whipped up by by politics and the Democrats and they, they don't need to be. Dude, I get it. There's problems in this country. But when has it ever affected whether or not you're going to play, you're, you're going to do your job, play basketball? Like we, we went to war, man. We've been at war for nearly 20 years. I don't see you coming out being like, man, you hear about that drone strike in Yemen, a country we're not at war with. Oh, it's shocking. I don't see them coming out being like, I refuse to play because of Hong Kong. No, they don't care. They see some video, they're told to be angry and like, oh, now I'm mad. Yeah, dude, spare me. I don't care about your game. This is ridiculous. Black Lives Matter on the basketball court. I'm not interested. I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. Man, I got to say it is it is a moral outrage kind of day. You know, sometimes I, I look at the content I do and I'm like, am I just getting angry all the time? And it's true. I mean, a lot of it is is angry, particularly now with all the riots. But man, you know, sometimes we have a laugh. You know, the other day I was like laughing about the thing with the NBA players buying Teslas to like hide from cops or whatever. It's like the stupidest thing ever. But I saw this one and I just I got mad, you know, 
I feel I feel bad because it's so often a lot of the content I put out put out to a lot of people is often it's like it's negative. It is. I don't know what to do about it, but there's a lot of bad stuff happening. And that's what I see here. PBS reporter Yamichi Alcindor is blasted after she said moment paralyzed House candidate Madison Cawthorn stood up from his wheelchair at, at RNC was a direct rebuke to athletes protesting police shootings. Look, these people, high profile, verified, you know, all that stuff. They make things up to try and make you angry. That makes me angry. I don't want to make things up. I don't want to be angry. I want to go have a laugh. I want to have some pizza and beer and maybe watch a game or two. Maybe watch some basketball or some baseball at a bar with some wings and just go to B-dubs and have a good time. But these people want to be angry. You know, the NBA calling a strike. Why, man? Why, why, why are you putting all this politics on the, on the, on the court? I want to go to the, you can't even go to the bar. Can't even. Everything's like, just feels so awful right now. Madison Cawthorn, he's running for office. He's in a car accident. They say he's never going to walk again, but he stood strong. He stood up at the RNC with leg braces and he, like, it's inspirational. Somebody was told he'll never walk, decided he would stand and he's insulted for it. What? It's a, it's a, it's a dude who's paralyzed from the waist down, standing up. And many other people who are, who are injured, uh, I believe there was, a, I'm not sure there was like a photo I saw. Someone said like wounded warriors who, who, you know, all stood as well. It's not a direct rebuke to anybody. It is, it is not a statement against you. This is what bothers me. They say things like, how is it that, you know, they'll say Black Lives Matter and people assume it's an attack on them. Okay, fine. How is it that people standing to honor the flag in this country is an attack on you? To me, it's just plain crazy. I don't need to read this. You get the point because that's the gist of the story. But did you see the things they were saying about Melania? What is wrong with these people, dude? I got no problem saying thank you to Governor Evers. Thank you to to the the mayor of Minneapolis when they call in the National Guard and say we're going to end the riots. I'm upset they didn't do it sooner. But hey, I give respect when people do the right thing. I will, I will, I will gladly shake the hand of somebody who says, okay, I was wrong before. I'm going to do better now. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. I'm still not going to vote for them because I think they're bad at what they do. What is this? Bette Midler apologizes for mocking Melania Trump's accent, calling her illegal alien. Are you kidding me, dude? First of all, she apologized. I'm good. That's enough for me. I mean it. Bette Midler apologized. Shouldn't have done it. I say this. If someone does the right thing, then I will absolutely say thank you. Please consider doing the right thing in the future. I'm not going to drag Bette Midler over this. She apologized for it. But the general idea, I will. Check us out. Alec Baldwin attacks regular people who spoke during the RNC saying they're all high. Every regular American on this convention program is high. We're going to raise taxes to pay for a staggering F up of the pandemic by Trump. You know what, man? There are a lot of people Nicholas Salmon's writer is good, real good, always good to play the white Christian as a victim card. This is just general criticism, whatever. It's stupid. The Bette Bette Midler thing, you know, made me angry. When I saw this tweet, Bette Midler said, oh, God, she still can't speak English. I couldn't believe it. You know what they say? Accuse your, it's one of the, what are the, like the Alinsky tactics, accuse your enemy of what you do. And it's like all the left does. They say Trump is a fascist while they have goons going around beating people. They say Trump and Trump supporters are racist while they insult immigrants for having accents. They insult immigrants as illegal aliens. When we saw that guy, Maximo, I believe his name was, his parents fled communism. He's insulted by them. They claim they're tokens. It's a a slur to say that. 
They don't respect these people. They don't respect who they are. But I, 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 I absolutely will stress for the 50 millionth time. Bette Midler, thank you for apologizing for this. They say Bette Midler is apologizing for mocking First Lady Melania Trump's accent. The outspoken actress first sparked backlash Tuesday night as Trump closed out the second night of the Republican National Convention with a speech from the newly renovated White House Rose Garden. Oh, God, she still can't speak English, Midler tweeted, referring to Trump, who immigrated to the U.S. from Slovenia. Trump is this uh, Melania Trump is the second first lady in history born outside the U.S. and the only first lady to become a naturalized U.S. citizen, according to WhiteHouse.gov. The first lady can speak six languages, according to CNN, including Slovenian, French, Serbian, German, Italian, and English. Melania Trump is, is like top tier, smart, successful woman. They love to rip her to shreds because she's done, she's done like nude modeling before and stuff like that. She's, a super, she's like a supermodel superstar who can speak multiple languages. I can't believe these people, you know? And that's not even, it's, I, don't, I don't even care about that. Like, you know, the, the fact is, when, they, when, when we talk about asylum seekers, we talk about the southern border. Yes, I talk about helping people and you can't literally help everybody, but I'm not going to disparage the people who are coming here. You know, a lot of people criticize Trump for saying things about him, too. And I get it, although they went over the top and they were lying about what, what a lot of what Trump was saying. I'm not. Look, I, I, I whenever we talk about the asylum seekers, you know, coming to the southern border, I've always said what, what they're going through is tremendously difficult. It's dangerous. And the main reason we want to discourage what they're doing is because they can die and because we want to protect people in our country as much as we want to help them, which means we need balance and we need to understand who they are, where they're coming from. They got to fill out the forms. They got to go through the process to protect people. Otherwise, we find these kids, they die. That footage of the little girl dead in the ravine. I don't want to see any of that. I'm not going to disparage these people. These people are brave. The people trying to come to this country from anywhere are fighting tooth and nail to come to one of the, to the best country on the planet, if you were to ask me. And I respect that. And I respect what, why they're doing it and why they're so desperate to get here. And when they do, I don't make fun of people because they can't speak with the proper North American dialect. I don't I, look, I'm glad Bette Miller apologized. I respect it. I do. But she wasn't the only one, you know, dragging her. And a lot of people did call her out and I can respect this as well. But is Bette Midler going to lose her job? Is she going to get canceled for being racist? No. I mean, Roseanne apologized. Roseanne was like, it was late. And I was, you know, what would Roseanne take? It was like uh, uh, Ambien or something. And then she tweeted a joke that she didn't realize was offensive. And they, they canceled her from her own show. They literally killed off Roseanne in her own show. And it was the show was doing great. The Roseanne show is apparently like a family arguing over like supporting Trump or not. And it was this really great show. She tweeted a bad joke and they got rid of her. Bette Midler and Alec Baldwin and all these celebrities get away with it. So while I can respect people when they do the right thing, you got to understand why a lot of people are going to remain angry over this because they always do it and they get away with it. No one's going to come after Bette Midler's job for saying this horribly offensive thing. I mean, you had people tweeting at her saying that's offensive. Please retract it. They say, while some social media users drew comparisons to President Donald Trump's rhetoric, Others reaffirm that wrong is wrong, regardless of political affiliations. One, uh, one person said, I don't support Trump. Beth's tweet is still xenophobic. <laughs> yes, I hate the word xenophobic, too. It's not xenophobic. It's just derogatory. I guess it is. I don't like the word xenophobic. Like Xenophobic is supposed to imply that you're scared of outside things. I don't think Bette Midler is scared of Slovenians. I think she's just being a dick. She's insulting someone because she speaks multiple languages and has an accent. She's not going to get in trouble for it. 
They say, although Midler hasn't deleted the controversial tweet, the actress walked back her comments on Wednesday and offered an apology. Quote, well, all hell is broken loose because I said Melania still can't speak English last night. I was wrong to make fun of her accent. America is made up of people who speak with all kinds of accents and they are all welcomed always. I respect it. You know what? I also have no problem with her leaving the tweet up either. I don't care if she deletes it. I respect that she understood that people were mad about it. Here's the thing. She should not be fired. She should not be banned. I mean, that tweet. Wow. That's hate speech, isn't it? She shouldn't be banned. And if she wants to leave it up, so be it. And other people should not be banned for saying these things either. We should welcome the fact that people said, yo, that's bad. And she went, oh, I'm sorry about that. That's what's supposed to happen. They like to say that, hey, you know, getting getting banned is just people saying they don't like what you have to say and they're showing you the door. How do you expect people to change if you don't give them room to change and you don't pressure them to change? And I mean it. When she said something like this, people called her out. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop here and go back to, you know, uh, Yamachi Alcindor, because this one, come on, is she going to apologize for this? Maybe she did whatever. I don't know, but I'm not seeing it. This dude who was paralyzed from the waist down wanted to honor this country and he wanted to honor the people who are watching. And it is respectable. 100 percent. It's inspirational. A guy who was told he'll never walk again said, I'm going to stand. And she acts like he's, a, he's attacking them. Is she going to get fired from her job? No, because they don't care. Like Alec Baldwin said about Nick Sandman, the white Christian card. Oh, the victim. What? The media hounded this kid, man. They went after him. Ah, I, I hate to be, you know, seeing all this negativity all the time. It, it, it is rough. So, you know, I, I really will say, I guess I apologize for all that. But that's I guess that's just what this is. You know, we're constantly trying to fight against perceived threats. And we're trying to ask people to do better. So I'll tell you what, I don't think any of these people should be canceled or fired. I think they should just look within themselves and try and do a better job and try and be nicer. You know, try not to be so angry all the time. I I, I get mad at a lot of people for a lot of reasons, and I think things are breaking down. So I'm not perfect either. You know, I I try to do I try to do uh, better. I try to avoid directly insulting people with with, you know, saying nasty names. But usually I call them morons or lunatics and stuff like that. I get it. But I definitely try to avoid calling out individuals specifically. Some people I do call out because I think high profile individuals inciting violence, for one thing, is is dangerous. For these individuals I've called out, I only ask that they do better. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all next time.